Let's do Janice. Song. Ready? This is the song I start every podcast with. Because it makes people happy. It does. Doesn't it? Yeah. And everybody has the same reaction. That one right there. <laughs> the head bob. Yeah. <laughs> right? See? That's basically what I want everybody who is listening. I want them to have the same reaction. Like, oh, yeah. Leaving your body. Like, this is going to be a good time. He says this. The singer right now is Shaka Khan. And originally? Shaka Khan. But I, it's Shaka Khan is being featured on somebody else's record. But it's oh so my god, good choice. Have you ever had sex with this? If not, you should. Do you know what? I don't have sex to music. Don't you? Oh my god. Do you know why? Why? Because you want to be in the moment. No, I just always catch myself having sex to the beat. <laughs> right, and then that's like. <laughs> And so you're thinking too much about the music at that time. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't. I know a lot of people set moods and stuff, and and I I've tried sex to music, but then and like sometimes I would try it to like a like a Bon Jovi or like, but then I would picture myself as John Bon Jovi having sex with somebody. And oh, it, really? The music took me out. Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I think for some people, music can really kind of help them connect with their bodies and sort of add to the pleasure. But did you know, I'm going to give you a, a, an interesting fact about monkeys. Oh, but before you get into monkey sex, uh, <laughs> Simone Bien, everybody, a sex therapist. Uh-huh. You're not one of my clients. I'm just going to let everyone yeah. know. Yeah, I may be. But listen, <laughs> I may be asking questions from viewers uh-huh. Yeah, that may end up sound more personal than they should. But okay, okay. Yeah. So your tell me about your friend. Yeah, my yeah. friend. No, so monkey sex, really interesting. Women can learn a lot from monkey sex, which is that with baboons or babono monkeys, I think, when the female doesn't whoop, then the man which is not a man, uh-huh. it's a male monkey, yeah. won't ejaculate 90% of the time. When it doesn't whoop? Yeah. Whoop! When really? It do that. Uh-huh. So what we learn from that is Monkeys that... Monkeys like dirty talk? <laughs> men need a yeah. lot of feedback. And it's really true, actually, because when women make noises and sort of, you know, little moans and groans and grunts, which sound yeah. nice, they yeah. can actually turn themselves on. Even if they're turned on in the moment... They can get themselves more aroused because the brain is going, woohoo, you're happy. This feels good. Yeah. So you're sending signals to the brain. They get more turned on. There we go. More orgasms. Well, Yay. Well, that, but that makes sense, though, like for men, because we are, we have delicate egos. Uh-huh. So we need a whoop. Yes. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> we need a whoop because if we don't get a whoop, we're like, what's wrong with me? Why didn't you whoop? Yeah. You know, last night you whooped twice, and today no whoops. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the whoop is going on, right? Yeah. Right? So we just want to... But at the same time, I would tell you, too much whooping makes sex go too quick. Oh, that's it. Oh, that's interesting. So too much whooping is still a turn-on, but it isn't... Well, if you're telling me how good I am, and this is the best sex I've ever had, I'm coming for myself. Oh, really? At that point in time, I'm like, I'm great! <laughs> Look out, here it comes. I'm the best. But do you know what? 
<laughs> right? So it's got to be a moderation. It, it, but but you see, that's interesting. Do you not think that's like a little bit, if it was with a woman that you didn't know, <coughs> do you not think that's a bit too much? Because isn't it sort of in moderation? Do you not have the red flag psycho alert? Sorry, girls, and it's not <coughs> against women. I think we're, girls would be like that with right. guys as well. But if you're like, oh, my God, you're, the, you're amazing. You're the best I have. That is so good. Uh, well, I mean... No, it goes straight to your ego and you're like, woohoo. No, I think, listen, for me, and I'm, I'm drawing from the past, uh-huh. um, but you can tell bad actors. Ah. Right? If you're a good actor and I still think you're acting, but you're good, like, look, I know Meryl Streep's acting, uh-huh. but I'm still in it. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so if yeah. you're Meryl Streep in me, I don't, that's fine. Yeah. That's fine. If you, you know what I mean? Whatever you need to do too. Uh, but I would say that, like, especially like, d- like really good dirty talk, uh huh, can speed the process up. Yeah. Now, okay. So, how do you judge, or, or what do you like, dirty talk wise? Oh, I I like dirty talk. Yeah. I like it a lot. I, as a matter of fact, because listen, there's a, there's like a you know there's the perfect. There's a perfect spot, like with not enough is like, oh, is maybe nobody's enjoying themselves here. <laughs> but too much is like, oh, like that's over the top. So there's got to be like a middle ground. Right. OK. So what about what about the B word? Do you go down? Balls? <laughs> I like balls, not balls. Uh, swing your balls. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but balls are not generally. Not balls. Li- I was going to say bitch. Oh, I don't think that's dirty talk. I think it's not. Yeah, I don't think I would call a girl when I was having sex with her if I called her a bitch. Oh, good. Is that something people do? Oh, do you know what, Josh? It's so, it's like so rife at the moment. Girls, I don't want to take it off into a different direction, but girls can get really turned on by guys going, yeah, you bitch. And a lot of sort of under 30s are really into that and asking guys- Asking guys to smack them in the face. Yeah, I heard that. I have a friend of mine who was like, she loves it when I spit on her. Spit on her? <laughs> like he, oh, I was like, what do you mean? God. He was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If she's blowing me or we're having sex, uh-huh. she likes it if I spit in her face. I'm like, how could you have sex with somebody after you just spit in their face? Yeah. You see, so so you're in touch with which we we know anyway. You're very much in touch with your emotional side as well and your sensitive well, side. It just sex, seems which like is... I need to have a modicum of respect for you. And if I just spit in your face. <laughs> There that goes. Do you know what I mean? Like, there <laughs> Have you heard, goes. I mean, not that it's a very nice word now, Bill Crosby, but have you heard of the Bill Crosby sweater? Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Bill. There we go. So that's good. Now, yeah, yeah, is that nice? He's already forgotten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> what is, what's the Bill Cosby I covered part? my ass well yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Bill Cosby sweater yeah. is, and I don't know whether this is a true thing, but it supposedly is, that when you, you're supposed to eat lots of, Colored cereal. Uh, no, it like doesn't change your semen. Multi, multicolored cereal, and then afterwards, the girl, after you've had sex, the girl is supposed to punch you in the stomach, and then you vomit on his on her stomach on, on her. Why would you do that? And that's called the Bill Cosby sweater because you because it's like multicolored. Yeah, but there's two things in there I don't like. Bill Cosby. Three things: Bill Cosby <laughs> getting punched in the stomach and throwing up. Like uh-huh. that seems like. I know, right? Yeah. I, I you it's, know, it's uh, interesting the like I can't I wonder why it is a phenomenon with the younger 
Cause women, I, they want to be called bitch? Yeah, because it, I think... Why, because it's dirty? Because it's very much centered around porn. And I think their minds have been so sort of um, subjected to, like, okay, they're all wired to... Do you this think this generation of women watches more porn than generations before? Uh, massively, yeah. And and what's really, I mean, look, I, I, the accent doesn't help. I can sound a little bit like, oh no, porn. <laughs> yeah. Oh my like goodness, Mary, Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. <laughs> a spoonful <laughs> of cum makes the medicine go down. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, I mean, they're they're just they have it, like they have access to it, and like even at schools now, I have a lot of clients who are telling me about their daughters, and their daughters are like eleven and sexting each other and without even realizing they're doing a bad thing so yeah really uh-huh do you know what i my son told me that in high school there were girls who were saving themselves for marriage but they were still okay with blowjobs and anal yeah 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 you, yeah. Know, you know when i went to high school sex came before blowjobs and anal uh-huh like i had sex with a girl way before she went down on me because it was just so much more personal do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's very that's very evolved of you. No, I mean I would have gone for anal if they had gone for it, but it <laughs> no, just... no. But I, I was just saying about sex and and uh, blowjobs because oral sex, I think, it's more is much intimate. more onto. Did you know that men can have a phobia of blowjobs? What men are those? I have clients that I see. These are savvy, hot, Hollywood, young, successful, attractive men. Yeah. And they have a phobia of blowjobs, what? which is that they, it's its just... Too intimate? Yeah. That's and, what they say? They're too intimate? Well, that's or what we uncover. Just... Look, if you think about it, put your penis... And let's think about it. Your penis. Okay, let's think about my penis. <laughs> Great. If okay. you put your penis yep. in someone's mouth as a man, yeah. who has all the power? The woman. I guess if you go down that road that she could, you mean if she bites your dick? But it's it's sort of metaphorical in the sense of she has the power, so she has, like, look, the mother. I, yeah, it goes I, back to the mother, Josh. But I would never stick my penis in my mom's mouth, so I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different phobia altogether. If you have a critical mum, or you have like a critical ex-wife or a critical ex-girlfriend, that can really transfer into like how kind of available, how present, how giving you are to women. It's not a conscious thing. See, but I always a complete opposite. I always thought the blowjob was more of a power move for me. Really? Just like if I'm going down on a girl, I'm in the vault. I almost feel like, I mean, I know, I almost feel like oh, she's in saying. the vulnerable spot. Uh -huh. I mean, she, yeah. I mean, I'm in the vulnerable spot. She, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, I think, yeah, I, I think you're spot on. I think you're absolutely spot on if you are, when I say a normal person, right. I don't mean a normal person. I sometimes forget how normal people have sex and think about sex. So, yes, you're absolutely right. However, if you are a man with unconscious, like sort of, you know, stuff going on, yeah. stuck to an old story of the past, then the power shifts. Are you saying that there are men out there, uh -huh. straight men, yep. who do not enjoy blowjobs? They want to, but they can't. So they can't even get hard? They Sometimes they can get hard and then lose the erection. Sometimes they can't get hard or sometimes they can't come. I can't imagine being a woman and taking a hard penis, putting it in my mouth, uh, and having penis. it go soft. I know. Like, that's got to ruin everything mm -hmm. forever, right? Well, 
Okay, so let me ask you. It's got to be tough, right? <laughs> it's so, like pasta. Pasta has to be al dente. You've yeah. got to have a bit of firmness. And then when it's just, it's, it's yes, it's sad. It's not even disappointing. It's just sad. It's like the... <laughs> I, it's oh. the sad face on the emoji. Oh my! Well, Ooh. they should do. They should have a limp dick emoji. <laughs> yeah. They should have a limp dick emoji. <laughs> to be fair, they really should. Okay, so you are a sex therapist. Yeah. Would you explain to everybody is, uh, however you would like to, in your words, exactly what that is? Uh, so what I do is I see men and women, and I talk to women about their vaginas. And I took now I'm going to like regress yeah, yeah, <laughs> five yeah. year old, and it's like what this woman talks about sex. She's not mature. Yeah. Um, but this is my playtime. Yeah, and I talk about to men about their penises, and if the vagina is not working, so if you can't get it up, you can't get it in. Right. Uh, then um, we sort it out. That's what a sex therapist does. So if you have any kind of issue, if a woman can't orgasm, a man can't orgasm. You're not having enough sex. You want different kind of sex. Um, you can't have orgasms. Okay. Men are faking orgasms. All of that. So you that. are, in essence, a therapist, but you are talking about sex with your clients. Yes and no. I am. So in England, you can train and do sort of like four or five years of training specifically in sex. So right. I walked into it. I came from a different career. I used to be, I was about to say it used to be your job, but you know how I like to pretend I'm funny. Yes. I was never funny. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I hear that all my, the time. Don't worry my about original it. was, uh, my first career was as a news anchor. So I started in the media and I did a lot of TV hosting and radio hosting for years. Right. And then I fell into sex therapy because. I went okay there's like, there's some there's a lot of jokes <laughs> there that I'm gonna let right. go okay all right go ahead. and and then I became a sex therapist so my training is specifically all about sex and relationships so when you and I because this is a question somebody asked me online when you uh -huh. sex therapy you're not you're not someone who discusses technique like if like if if a woman goes he's going down on me but it's just not working you're not someone who goes well have you tried or have you done it, for you it's truly more therapy, like what's why, what's behind. They go together because actually I've got to say that if you are, it, yeah, I go very much into the emotional. Right. Only because I think that if you are connected with yourself, we all know how to have sex. It's really not that difficult. And you can communicate. Right. The only reason we don't communicate about sex is like it's sort of pre-programming that we've had that sex is bad or we haven't seen our parents you know, sort of affectionate together or we haven't been given sort of, you know, exactly what we needed. Once that is all sorted and alongside that you are, I am teaching people sort of like a specific system right. of sex, like a strategy of sex, then then they go into a place where they have like better, most more fantastic sex lives, I would say, than probably most people we know. So you're you're uh, 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 so I don't just do sex. Sorry, to be clear, I don't just do sex tips, which right. is oh, and do this because actually that doesn't help because if you a have, lot of people are different too, right? Like a lot of people are different, and also if you have a block, we know that. Like if you can't come, you can't come. Right. It doesn't mean you know it, it's it's very rarely to do with technique because I think people are pretty savvy. What is the reason? generally that most guys cannot orgasm 
Are there, are there guys out there who just can't orgasm? Yeah, and it's really interesting because there's not, just to get my like geeky head on, there's not a lot of research about men who can't orgasm because... Because there's only three of them? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they're all gay guys having sex with women? Yeah. yeah. Have you ever said that? Like, well, you can't come because you're clearly gay. Have you ever said that in therapy? No, I, I actually was shooting a TV pilot the other day, and this guy said, yeah, you know, in my relationships with men and women. And I went, so, okay, you've had sex with men? And he was like, no, 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 I mean, like, my friendships. So I nearly, I nearly sort of outed him and... um no, I haven't. I haven't ever. It's never come up, actually. Really? Yeah, never come up. I've not had that. I've had people who are very certain about their sexual, like their sexual orientation. Yeah. But not certain and sure of their sexuality. The difference being our sexuality mm-hmm. is not sexual orientation. So how we can have sex with, I can have sex with women and still identify I'll say as that again, go ahead. <laughs> <I can have. laughs> and still identify as straight. Right. Um, and you can have sex with men and still identify as straight, even though basically you're a, and there's a lot of that. MSMs, men who have sex with men. It's your orientation, so it's how you identify. Right. What I deal with specifically. Are you gone, saying there there are people who are having same like sex with the same Men are having sex with men, or women are having sex with women, but they're still identifying themselves as straight. Uh huh. Well, how? How is that? Because they're em- they're embarrassed, or they don't feel like they'll be accepted. Like I don't understand. Isn't that isn't that the, basically by definition they are gay? Is how we identify ourselves. So you will have a you'll have a, a lot of again sort of going to the millennials under thirties who will be saying I'm flexisexual, which basically and they've come up with this whole different new terms and I just can't keep up and flexisexual flexisexual which is basically sounds like a of, rapper yeah exactly <laughs> like, <laughs> yo one two yeah. one two this is flexisexual <laughs> yeah. y'all so basically you go kind of like okay great tonight I'm gonna have a sex with a man right. tonight I'm gonna have and so. So it's like they don't want to identify their sexuality Why because, not? because they're free men. So that's bisexual. No, they won't identify that way. Well, you... there's only two choices, <laughs> men and women. So there you go. It's bisexual. No. Well, and and actually they're not anymore. Mr. Lovely Wolf. You can't, it's not just men and women. You have like the whole the transgender community right, and how right, right. like how you identify there. So it's it gets very complicated. Okay, so, all right. So, <laughs> do, you, do you see how sometimes sex isn't actually that sexy? And yeah, when you're training way, to be a sex therapist, I am telling you, you do not feel like fucking sex no, at all. You, uh-uh. It's funny that you decided not to say fuck when all right. you said everything else. Yeah, all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, so, explain then. Okay. So, they're not, the, the younger kids are more fluid with their sexuality. Yep. What do you attribute that to? Um, I, I'm the the millennials have a very sort of different way of men and being. women, by the way. Yes. Okay. Um, however, more women in the sense of just because how we we tend to be much more open with our sexuality, we tend to be more flexi sexual. Uh-huh. Uh huh. <laughs> because if we if we have sex with a woman, it doesn't necessarily we we just. We 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 can sort of be more flexible, right? You know, and sort of move with men. Often, if 
a man has sex with a man, yeah. he might not choose to go down the road as gay, but there would be like a strong inclination if he wanted to, right. that he would be very happy sort of just sleeping with men. Do you find that as far as as a sex therapist, do you find that um, more straight couples come to see you, more gay couples? Do you feel like that one, one the, 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 the gay couples have it together more or the straight couples have it together more? Is there a group that has more problems generally? They've got their own problems, which is interesting because a lot of gay men who want to... So I have, I have much fewer gay clients and I have actually... Oh, God, this client, I'm in love with him. He's gay. Yeah. Um, he is, he's in the Navy. He's like out to, he's sort of abroad at the moment. And he's come to me, and I'll be very sort of generic. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's come to me because he can't orgasm with another guy. and But he identifies himself as gay. And he is gay. Okay. Um, and he wants to commit. So uh, you would think, actually, that, okay, in the gay world, well, you know, everybody is so cool, sleeping with lots of different people, and why would a man not be able to orgasm? It's a man. But no, they have their own kind of set of issues. And there's if somebody wants a lot of monogamy, you know, wants to practice monogamy, which just makes me sound 83. Yeah. But if you, if you want a committed relationship that isn't open, it's much harder within the gay community. Do you find that those open relationships are work look good on paper, but in real practice they don't work as well because people get their feelings hurt more often than not? Uh, yeah, and uh, again, I oh my god! So I've done a lot of work with Dr. Drew, and it's very funny because Drew will <laughs> will hide behind me when whenever I'm brought on TV or radio to work with him, he'll be like, "Yeah, now remember, you say what we really think." And and he will be <laughs> much kinder and much nicer. Right. And then he'll go, yeah, you're so right. It's a pathology. Now, I'm not saying it is a pathology, but look, the Romans, they were having lots of different sex and lots yeah. of different partners. But we are, by our very nature, we are protective. We are, you know, jealous. We can be prone to that. We're, we're territorial. Yeah. So it becomes very difficult if you say, yeah, you know, I want to have sex with so-and-so. The idea that we can be so disconnected from our feelings, right, even because, men. Well, I see, like I've seen videos online, right, of dudes filming their wife having sex yeah, with other dudes. Yeah, that's big at the minute. Uh -huh. That's big right now. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, and, and girlfriend, like young guys as well, having, uh, yeah, watching their girlfriend have sex. Yeah, like what, what, what's the... What's the turn on there? Um, so, uh, okay, number one, a turn on to see your partner, your girlfriend, your wife through fresh eyes. So you are seeing how into, through the guy, you're seeing how into that guy is. Sorry, how into your girlfriend that guy is. Meaning when he's having sex, he's really turned on by her and you're just going, wow, oh my God, I'm yeah. with this like amazing woman. But it's also, it's just like watching porn. You're on the outside. So when you're on the outside- Except it's your wife. Yes, but when you're on the outside, you can't fail. When you watch porn, you can't fail. You always succeed. Do you think then the guys who are into that are generally not that good in bed? Um, I think that it's, I think there are things that are more interesting to them than, 
you know, um, than intimacy. So like power, uh, power can be a big thing. Yeah. Knowing a woman will do that for you. That's also like a big ego trip. Right. Um, and then you have those guys who will have that aspect of them as well. So be sort of, you know, quite... And I don't mean this in a sort of put down term, but quite sort of it's it's quite narcissistic, right. sort of, you know, quite disconnected from feelings. And then there will be guys who literally will feel shame. So because they feel a lot of guilt around their sexuality, watching another man have sex with their wife. I know it sounds crazy. Rids them of their responsibility of their sexuality. Right. And dignity. <laughs> rid, rid, rid yeah. them of that too. Yeah. That is a bananas to me. Yeah, I like know. I see those videos and I'm like, that is the craziest thing that you're bringing somebody else in to yeah. fuck your wife. Yeah. Now, what's what I also find crazy, I know it's, it, it doesn't, but that's because I think you are, you're very grounded and you're wired very healthily. But there are some less evolved people. Do you find for you personally uh-huh. dating? Does your title intimidate guys? Yes, and I it's would quite. Imagine it would. Yeah, and it's quite. How, how, is that has your title? Because I've I've spoken to you before, and you uh-huh. love your job. Yeah, but I would imagine that one of the pitfalls of your job is that it's probably harder to date. I would imagine that it's harder to date because guys might feel less than, or they might feel like they have to go so far to the other side of over the top. Where you're like, take it easy. Like, do you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. So has, is that a problem for you? Well, it's interesting because when I think like with guys that have something to prove and feel, again, going back to not fully in themselves, then they will react a certain way. But somebody like you, Josh, I'm sure would be, I'd, I'd say what I did. You'd find it interesting. Yeah. and And kind of that would be... Like one side yes. of it, like you do comedy. Yes. It's just one side of it. Um, and it's, and it's. I mean, the the idea, I wish it was this fantastic, that, oh my God, I'm rocking in bed. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. that's how I became a sex therapist. No, it's not. It's just because actually I like talking about feelings and sexuality. But what is nice is the familiar, familiarity that I have with penis and vagina and like yeah. sort of, and guys are like, huh, you talk about penises all day. And it often can make them feel very normal and kind of good about themselves, realizing that, okay, there are guys that don't come. There are guys that yeah. can only come through oral sex. There are guys who can only come through penetrative sex, guys who can only come through masturbation, guys who are, you know, so it's kind of, this is the real stuff. I really think that, I would think, for me, it would actually be amazing because, th- look, when you're new and having sex with somebody, the questions about what do you like or what do you don't like are harder to ask. Uh-huh. But it would seem like an open door with you like yeah. I could be, I'd be like oh phew I can actually say <laughs> yeah is this something that you are interested in I'm bringing this to the table <laughs> yeah. uh, I, listen I don't know how you feel about Bo Peep but I'm bringing it to the table is this a first date thing no okay I'll put it back in my trunk that'd be weird if I carried that in the trunk of my car uh, yeah. so how tell me about you uh-huh. how do you go from being an on-air news person uh-huh. to sex therapy um, so what happened is, like all therapists, I was bonkers, couldn't have relationships, and ended up, uh-huh, like back then, ended up in a very, very, very toxic, horribleness relationship, like Explain bad. That. How bad? Uh, like really bad. Like the guy- Abusive? 
abusive, abusive. He was a con man. He was wanted. I can laugh. I mean, I shouldn't laugh, but he was wanted in like numerous states. All right, I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. That yeah. was here. Or... It was he actually ended up coming here and then nearly deported. So he married a Hollywood star, and then they both died. What? Uh huh. And I'm not saying that flippantly because I do believe that if she was still like if she wasn't with him, yeah, then I do believe she would still be alive. She may be in and out of rehab, but she was supposed to be a, a real sweetheart. Okay, now you seem like you're so together. You uh-huh. are, right? I am now. Yes. How as far as abusive relationships, and yeah. actually I imagine that having that experience, is that good for what you do? Yeah, no, totally. And this is this is the most nuts thing. I had so much shame around it for, yeah. like, for years because I lost my career. I lost, I mean, I was like up for these Giorgio Armani commercials. I was offered a job in Hollywood, like yeah. doing red carpet stuff. Like all of these amazing dreams that you have when you're in your sort of, you know, mid-twenties. And bam, crashed because I completely got sucked in. How long were you in the relationship? Not that long. Um... Uh, seven months. And was this your first abusive relationship or had you not, was it a pattern for you at the time? Well, I would say, I mean, it's so weird because you kind of think that the relationships you have are normal. Yeah. The first guy who I, I adore that I had sex with, Oh my god, he was so gorgeous, and I had great first sex. Right. I had great first. You had good sex. first sex. I loved it. The first time you had sex was good. It was fantastic. Wow. It was great. Mine I was loved not, it. No. I was so happy. Really? Yeah. Okay. So I was so so happy. But with this guy who who is just gorgeous, um, he did end up. <laughs> um, we had a little. I was young. Yeah. We had a little sort of you know. Uh, How teenage. Old you? I was fifteen. Okay, but that's well, no, that's still illegal in the UK. Yeah, <laughs> but it's but it's it's a lot worse here. Well, not in Kentucky. You're fine. Okay, <laughs> so go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but in England, I mean, it's a little bit. So sixteen was. I was fifteen and a half, so I wasn't sort of far from it. Right. And he was sixteen, so that was fine. And he did he turn abusive? No, he just turned mad. He he had, bless his heart, he, uh, after we split up, so we had this very tumultuous relationship, and I wouldn't say abusive, it's like, but then, you see, again, what is normal, now I'm thinking about this, right. maybe it was abusive, but it was very fiery and very good sex, and we really liked each other, but it would be like throwing, he got me a ring once, and then he threw it out. Of it. So, uh, yeah, it was a little bit bonkers. That sounds, it yeah, was, it sounds okay, <laughs> it yeah. Not, it was not so healthy, but drama. I'd say sort of a lot of drama. Right. But then he ended up... In in like a you know on a psych ward so i realized i only realized this not that long ago and i was like oh my pattern lost yeah. rather many years before i clocked onto it so yeah. wait, so then this dude who was abusive yeah right uh you, you mom and dad together uh-huh Oh, well, my dad's, that's, oh, that's so sweet. My dad's died, but okay. my mum and dad were together up to that point. Okay, so you had, usually, isn't it like when you have a good template, yeah, isn't but that usually a good thing it, for it relationships? It is, but you just said your mum and dad are together. Now, I love my parents very much, uh-huh. but my mum and dad did not have uh, a okay, like cozy, lovely relationship and without sort of I, it's I come from a like there's alcoholism let's say within okay. my family so because of that it's like the abuse started when I was very very young so that becomes your model and did they argue 
your parents? Yeah. Oh, so so you learned relationships by watching people argue some. Yeah, but it was more. I've got to say, I think the defining factor was alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, because when, like, I mean, it's like one in 10 Americans have alcoholism in the family. Uh-huh. And um, when that happens and you're very, very small, you learn to care for the person who is the alcoholic, even though it becomes like this totally dysfunctional relationship. That's and so, codependent thing. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So instead of, like, as a little, like, toddler baby and, and well, kind of toddler, you're supposed to be able to look out at, at mummy or let's say daddy just so you know so you're supposed to look out and be able to look in at the same time so your world you look in the outside world you look on the inside world yeah yeah but for somebody who's grown up with alcoholism what you're doing is you're constantly looking that's why they're pleasers constantly looking on the outside and you're kind of sort of hyper vigilant and it's like oh gosh you know what what do i have to do how do i have to fix things because when you're very small if someone has you know, an addiction within the family or some, you know, some kind of issue, then as a child, you take it on uh, instead of, like, because you don't have the brain. Do you feel like that is... So in the abusive relationship, uh-huh. obviously the abuse is a gradual. Well, thing, he was. A, right? Let's call him a con man because that's actually a bit more. And when I say it, that was a bit more interesting, but it's a, it's a little bit more uh, because that is how con I man, identify. Con man meaning that he lied about who he was. Con, oh my god! I mean, con man who lied. I didn't find out. I still don't know when his actual birthday was. Because it was like really in the Daily Mail when it was reported, and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny! He's thirty-nine, but he celebrated his fortieth with me four years ago." Oh my god! And it was like August the fifth is his birthday. <laughs> I celebrated it on March the first. Fake passports, like loads and loads so of like what scary, was horrible was, stuff. Was he seeing more people than just you at the time? Well, I found out later um, when I actually did have Facebook. Now, now it gives me anxiety because right. I'm like, oh my god, it's too much, too much information. But when, yeah, there was some girl <laughs> that wrote to me. This is actually quite funny, Josh. There was some girl who wrote to me saying, "Oh, I'm I'm writing about my experience, and I believed you were married to him at the time," and she <laughs> she. She said, I wondered who Simone was when, when you know, he kept turning up on his phone. And he said that that was his personal assistant. And I pissed myself because I was like, now that's where you fall down and you lose credibility. I was your personal assistant. What, you think I'm that organized? No, 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 cleaner. I can clean well. Yeah, yeah. I'm your ironer. That's fine. I'm your dog walker, but personal, personal assistant. assistant. That's where you uh-uh. drew the line, yeah. So, wait, okay, okay, okay. This is amazing. So how long were you in this relationship? So I was married for... Uh, and how I tried did you to get, get out? Uh, oh, that was that was terrifying, actually. So I um, I was married for officially. Well, forget officially. I was in the relationship for five months. I tried to get out after two and a half. Wait, months. Wait, 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 wait. You met him and you were married within five months. Uh, now, how? Yes, I was. So actually, no, I was in the relationship longer. So the marriage was five months, and then I knew him for about oh yeah. That's a long time. I'd recommend that. That'll be all of about five months. No, so in you fact, knew less. For, you... August, September, October. Three. Jesus, Simone. Okay, so. Three so months. I Don't got, do it. I got a couple questions for you. One. Are you mental? Yes. Apparently, yes. But where, what, where are you in your life? 
where because you, you're a smart woman. Uh huh. Where three months in, yeah, he's convinced you that he's the one. How does yeah. that? How does that happen? Well, he told me he was. No, okay, so actually let me take responsibility. Um, I was very vulnerable. I was uh, wanting to be rescued. Um, here came, here, I, I had very low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did he tell you he did for a living? He said that he was a director, a, a writer and director. Okay. That wasn't my world at all. Right. Um, I lived in the UK at the and time. Not, and and that's, the, that's the kind of thing that you can kind of be vague about. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm not working on something right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then he said that he had a security company as well. And that's when he started. That was interesting, actually, as the little the little other plot line that was going on. Because he, he had a security company, meaning that he had guys and he, oh, I don't it, even want to. Well, a security uh, company means he has to spend some time away from you. So, yeah, right? but, but apparent, on... apparently with Tony Blair on yeah. the day of 9-11. With who? Off he goes with Tony Blair. And I know I sound, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but there we go. I know I sound bonkers, and I was bonkers. And it wasn't, I'm not even, it's it's vulnerability. Yeah. So any woman who, and any guy who kind of falls for something like that, and really, like, I was so paranoid in that relationship. Okay. He, Tell- he had me watched, but he didn't have a security company. How do you know he had you watched? Because I, because he would then, when I tried to leave, he said, oh, yeah, I had a friend called Peter. I knew Jenny was yeah. my friend. Um, he, oh, yeah, I saw you and Pete. Oh, I saw you spoke to James Why today. do you think the con man was having you watched? Like, that seems like the opposite. Like, why was he keeping tabs on you, do you think? Because... Because it was all about power. So the the control and the manipulation. I mean, he was a psychopath. What's rock bottom for you in that relationship where you know you need to get out? Like, uh, what, what was the moment where you're like, oh, fuck, like this is not good? Uh, when my life had been threatened numerous times. By and him? I uh uh-huh, And I was, so I tried to leave once. I realized I tried to leave once. And then... Oh, God. And then it, it was just, it was just well, awful. Take me through so, that. So okay. you, you say... So I, I left. Um, I got sort of some clothes and stuff and got went to my parents. And then he would, and this is this is a psychopath. Yeah. Would He would call and he called like probably about 15 times. Oh, my God. I can't live without you. This is... And crying and crying right. and crying and da, 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 da. So that, you know, it, it and that's like what psychopaths do. It's like if you leave them because... And then he would threaten your life in what way? And then, and then he would basically say, "You will never work again. You'll never be able to have credit cards. Your nephew, um, I will, I will kidnap your nephew. I will take your dog. You will like all of this stuff." What was happening in the relationship then that made you leave? Like, like what? Do you know that's a really good question, and I haven't thought about it. It was, it's, it's very interesting. Okay, let, now this can be backed up by research. It, when you're in a really abusive relationship. It isn't necessarily one thing. What it is, is it builds and builds and builds. And all of my friends were so fantastic, but they were really like, this This isn't matching up. This right. is so not. In that five months, uh-huh. what's building on a daily basis? Just you're catching them in lies? So what's building on a daily basis is that every phone call I had with my best friend, Rachel, he, he would 
take away sort of the attention, you know, take he would make sure that he was part of it, which doesn't sound sort of very big. But then the lies were building and building and building. And then he would try and get money and he would disappear and he would then come back. Try to with, get money from you. Try He tried to get money from me, tried to get money from my dad. Thank God my dad said, you know, because we were, we, we were okay, yeah. but we weren't, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. and um, yeah, and he did borrow money from me which actually was from, back in the day, egg credit cards, were very kind to everyone and gave loads of money. So he had like, uh, so back then it was quite a lot of money, like $25,000. That's well, a lot of money. It's a lot of money. And and I was, well, I think I was like quite a young kid. He yeah. was sort of building her career. I did not have $25. So he would, so all of these things were, were building and it would be, it's like his daughter, I heard him speak to his wife his ex-wife, and he had a daughter. And, like, the twisted horribleness there was just so, so awful. What kind of stuff? Like, he would scream. He would scream at her. He would... The he daughter would, or the ex-wife? The, Both? the ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And the way he would manipulate... It's, it's interesting. I can remember sort of the feeling, the way he would manipulate her and just say, you know, I'm coming to get... You can't do anything to stop me. You're a... Okay, you're a fucking whore. Right. Da, 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 da. And and so then So he was he a would, total he manipulated with power. Yeah, he but, but yeah, but yeah, sort of he was ve- yeah. And was he that in the it's so across the board sexually and all that stuff power. Was he a power guy? Yes, yes. And and he was very fat. He was and, very fat? <laughs> and yeah, also It's weird the words you decide to whisper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we've talked blowjobs, dicks, vaginas, yeah. fat. Like for whatever reason, that's the word you because decided. I can, you just, because because I think dead, that's right? a, because yeah, okay, because so that's a judgment. You. I'm trying to be. That's a judgment. That isn't like a character flaw. And his wasn't a character flaw. He had like a serious mental illness. Yeah, you know, without a doubt. But then, see, I think he was like some kind of. My sister was thinking that he was like a heroin addict. Then he would, I mean, it was but just what, like what, all a mess. He sounds like such a wonderful guy. Uh-huh. What attracted to you to him in the beginning? Well, this was, again, this was, aren't we supposed to be talking about sexy stuff? No, we can carry we're, do, we're doing a little of <laughs> both. We're going to do both. Right, I'm going to come back and do it like full mm-hmm. on fun sex. Um, what attracted me to him was uh, he was interested in me. How sad is that? That's it. No, that's not sad I at didn't all. have men that were, or I didn't think that I had men that were interested in me. And here he was. And he was the first time, and this is why men and women, but women especially, because we just have like a stronger intuition just because mm-hmm. of how we are, you know, because of how we are made. Um, my intuition was like, oh my God, that guy is weird. Uh, and I actually remember saying to my sister, "Could you?" Which is a bit of an odd thing to say. Could you? She was like, "Oh, he's so nice. He's so nice." I was like, "Ooh, yeah. Can you imagine having sex with him though?" Yeah. And he dated very, you know, very beautiful women. But then he was really persistent with me, and so then it started to be. I weakened. And it was suddenly, look, if, if you don't have any any substance on the yeah. inside, suddenly it's like, oh, you know, and you don't know your own mind or your worth, et cetera, then suddenly all of this, you know, bullshit becomes, like, intoxicating. Oh, I'm worth something. Yeah. Oh, here's attention. Do you think confidence is more attractive to men or women? Because I, I've heard more than my fair share of good, beautiful women. Mm-hmm. And I see them with dudes who are, hmm. and I would ask him later, why did you go out with that guy? He was so confident. 
Like there was something about the confidence that it, I don't know why that I know confidence is attractive and it's attractive for me too. Like I like people, confident people, but I, I don't know that that would be if somebody said to me, why did you go out with her? Confidence would never be at the top of the list. <clears throat> and it's re- yeah, really. Yeah, it's 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 so interesting stepping inside your brain and how you see things because you're always spot on, but it's it's not in the way I would think about it. But yeah, it's it's what you're saying. Do what does one say? I would say yes, you are absolutely right. Women can be very attracted by the confident man Why? because I I believe. Look, okay, number one, if there's real confidence, what that means it is. Uh, somebody who is like within themselves and just like a ground, like a together grounded person, somebody yeah. who could say, yeah, I'm not perfect and all the rest of it. Now that is very attractive, but you have to be sort of quite mature to sort of really appreciate that. But if you have um, somebody who is right, first of all, if somebody is confident and you and I have spoken about this before, like comedians, for example, they are seemingly confident. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I put that in speech. Yeah, marks. Hey, no, Aaron. Seemingly, you know, do you know how much? What percentage of confidence for the com- comedians are real? Uh, about fifty. About 50? Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. It's, listen, we get we don't get on stage because we're confident. Yeah. Generally, we get on stage because we need. But it's seen yes. as a socially dominant thing. Yes. So comedians become or you know very attractive because it's like oh this is this is a to be social like that it is socially dominant. What else is socially dominant? Socially dominant is a guy with a lot of money. So right. it goes down to that evolutionary thing, which I know some people like yawn, but it is kind of how it was, you know, the protecting. Power. A- and providing, yeah. yeah. But then also women who I think sort of haven't had, let's go with the dad, uh, who haven't had enough of that masculine energy mm-hmm. from their father, they will often need that from a man. So they project what they want for themselves and what they think that this person has, they will project that and be attracted to that. You know, it's interesting. And I would say, because we went back at the very beginning, I talked about how fragile a guy's ego yeah. is, right? It makes sense to me then why a lot of guys wouldn't want a confident woman because it makes them feel less. For me, I I want a confident person. Like, I want that person to be like, you know, have their own life and their own things because to me that makes it like a more interesting person. Yeah, but that's because we're going back to to you. That is because you you're you're very grounded and you're very centered and you're a good and I and I genuinely mean it when I say I I think you're a supreme human being. Oh, that's, I think you that's are. That's what we should have called the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, and that's what you're Wolf, that's what supreme gonna, yeah. human being. That's what you'll get your partner to say in bed tonight. Uh-huh. Supreme yep. human being. Yeah, I'm gonna get Beth to say yeah. that. Yeah. So um I think <laughs> I think what um uh now I've completely lost my thread about you being a supreme human mm. being. What were we just talking keep about? saying it? You can keep a saying supreme that. Supreme human yeah, yeah, being, yeah, yeah, yeah. a wonderful human being. That's yeah. right, you're talking about competent women. So uh, I have a very good friend, and this is, you know, typical. Very good friend who earns a lot of money. She works very, very hard, very smart. She's beautiful and all the rest of it. And guys really like that at first. So the guys she dates, they find yes. that really attractive. Yeah, she's a powerful woman. And then suddenly, what goes first thing that goes in the relationship? Sex. Their arousal just completely yeah. goes down because they don't they they don't feel like the man in the relationship. You know, what's funny is I, I have. It's like. 
Every guy I know is like, oh, I wish, you know, my girlfriend or my wife loved sports. I wish she sat and watched sports with me. But every guy I know that either married or dated a girl who loved sports, it was what they argued about the most. It's what they argued about the most because he thought he wanted it. But then when she's there, kind of mm. challenging his sports knowledge or uh, sitting there with his friends talking sports. It was the biggest fucking bone of contention. Right. And I think sports, I, I really have no idea what is going on in sports, although I have actually commentated a couple of times about sports, but on the emotional side. Right. But I think sports is so important for men. And I tell you why. It is the one arena, an area in their life where they are absolutely encouraged to express emotions. Yes. So their anger, their vulnerability, their tears, their joy, like that is all passionate. Them. Men need sports. What what do you like? What is the most common reason a man ends up in your office? <clears throat> um, it goes in cycles. Uh, right now, I'm in a cycle of men who can't come and men who want a relationship but can't have a relationship. And often the two go together. Um, so and the reason being is if we go back to the psychological aspect, yeah. it's like a withholding. So it's a, an avoidancy. So to to do both, to love, to be in a relationship, to orgasm, you have to let yourself go. Well, if you've been particularly, and this is like, again, you're not aware of this stuff is building, if you've been very guarded and you have to be very protective and don't feel safe in yourself with somebody else right. in a relationship, then uh, then then you, you can't do either. But that's that's the big thing. Um, so when you were in your abusive relationship, yeah. Well, which one? Yeah. The the yeah very the con last comment. Yeah. So no orgasm for you then, because you didn't feel safe. Well, no. This is interesting. That happened the one afterwards. Where it wasn't that. Well, I you had have... another abusive relationship after oh, the comment. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. We don't learn all the lessons when we're supposed to. <laughs> Same. We got to get the universe to keep dropping. Right. Come on. I'm I'm holding my patience, says Mother Universe. Same type of abuse. Yeah. Oh my God. This was like with a <laughs> with a coke addict. Now, what the worst thing was, I had life. I really believe in life coaching, and I do a lot of right. life coaching. But and, before we go any but, further, was there anybody after the coke addict that was abusive? No. Okay. So take me this co the coke addict. How long did you go out with him? Uh, a year. I think, yeah. And are you year. having good sex with the with the right? Well, I was people? at first with the coke addict. I mean, I was very much at first. He was bonkers. Like he was really like not there he wasn't just a coke addict this was not it was like super erratic super super erratic behavior which i know is you know can be on coke but you're not is... a sex therapist at this point in time no okay no okay. i was a radio host and so great sex it was good sex until and this is what i love about our bodies gotta to listen to our bodies men and women until i started having painful sex and i was like went to go and get checked out no nothing my body was what do you letting mean, me painful know. Sex? So, so it's something called dyspareunia, which basically means like when uh, a guy enters you, then that can be painful. Um, when he's but it penetrating, wasn't painful bef bef when you first started having sex. No, no, and right. It's interesting. Yeah, because what was building up, and this is for me, and and we, it, it's basically it's your body letting you know you're not feeling safe here. 
I'm going to be wiser than you are. It's your heart. We actually, there's a lot of research that there's intelligence in your heart, which we've known. But don't get me started. That's another podcast, and it's very gooey and lovely and beautiful. We can, um, don't worry, we might get to that a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, you're, but basically, my intuition was letting me know that I, this is not good for you. You're not feeling safe. And so, what was I experiencing? Any issues that we have in life ultimately end up in our sex life. So issues with power, control, trust. And your it seems like your brain controls your sex life. A lot of it, yes? Our mind. Well, our mind, mind controls. Mind. Uh, well, we think our mind controls our lives, yeah. But it sounds like your mind was subconsciously telling you this is not the right person. But the same thing with a dude who can't come. That's your mind. That's not your body, right? It's very rare that it's a physical problem, or is that no, is no, it somewhere well, in between? Is it, is it, no, it's interesting. So if we if we look at what we want to what we want for like completeness in life, or yeah. just to have a really good sex life and a really good relationship, you want to be able to use your mind, you want to be able to use your body, and you want to be able to use your heart. If you're going to use one out of all of them and like be a great lover, yeah. use your heart. And that isn't being all gooey, gooey and lovely. Your heart is more than a muscle. It actually has intelligence. It's very difficult to kind of, uh, no, but it's kind of when you take away all the bullshit right. that we have in our lives and take away the ego, take away all of that stuff, you get into your heart. The essence of who you are is in your heart. Okay, so... So that's when you can intimacy. That's when you can let go. That's when you, you're... Okay, but then what about then a, a one-night stand? Uh-huh. That's your ego. But both, And both people have great... It's great sex, one-night uh -huh. stand. That doesn't have anything to do with your heart, does it? Well, to some extent, because it depends if you're going into the one-night stand for fear or pleasure. If you're going into it for from... For fear? What do you mean? Well, because <laughs> unconsciously... Like we can, like it, we are unaware that we are driven by our fears. Like you know, top business people, everything we do in life, like ninety percent, I would say, is psychology. I agree. With you know, that. ten yep. percent strategy, ninety yep. percent psychology. So, okay, driven by fear. What is the number? I'll ask you. What is your number one? What is the greatest fear you have? Um, is that honestly my greatest fear? Uh -huh. Is that the people that I love um, won't be proud of me? Like won't mm. won't be they won't look at me like that's a fucking good person. Like that is my biggest fear. Okay. That and my then, my that my kids or my wife would ever look at me as less than they do right now. That would crush me. Crush me. So, okay, well <laughs> we we're, we're gonna talk about this. Why? Uh, okay, let's so, talk about it right now. Okay, but but now, where does that lead you to? So that is the greatest fear, and if that happens, it means. And now we're going into like. If it happens, that. What's the fantasy? And when I say the fantasy, it means like the really sort of like I'm not aware that I'm thinking this, but what is the fantasy? I mean, however it is that I would disappoint them, I guess. Yeah, which would mean what? What's the outcome? The so outcome the, is that I'm. Them, them, I'm divorced and my kids there we don't go. want to talk to you. You're me. not lovable. That's the number one. So exactly what you just said is the number one fear around the world. I'm not good enough. And if I'm not good enough, I'm not going to be lovable. And that's how and where does that come from? When we were teeny tiny, very small, and we carry that without realizing right the way through us, you know, through our lives. Right. So for you, 
what I would like really encourage you to do is you are, I believe, with that fantasy, uh, with this sort of, anyway, this gets a bit, but it's a pH. I call it a pH fantasy, which is not the sort of sexy, lovely fantasy, but right. it's like, it's something that isn't true. It's, there's part of you, like there's part of many of us, who is stuck to an old story and a belief that you are not good enough. Because your wife, I mean, geez, your wife is one of the luckiest. And I, I one day I hope to meet her because I think she must be an incredible woman. She is. Um, your wife is so lucky to have you. It isn't what you're doing. Do you imagine, and for any of us, do you imagine that when we are on our deathbeds, that it's like, damn it, I wish I'd played in uh well you're not playing perform whatever yeah, you do yeah, yeah. yeah i wish i'd done a gig in in san francisco that extra one night because yeah. i would have had like another two thousand people come <laughs> yeah, and see me yeah oh i failed boom i'm dead no it isn't it's like what do we think and there's a lot a lot of research about this and it's so beautiful we've got to have death as our best friend because then it's like okay hold on what am i going to really care about and the stuff isn't the stuff of the mind and the ego it isn't. It's not saying we all have to go around being Buddhists, but it's when we feel complete in ourselves, we are connected to, going back to the heart, we're connected to our essence, which is in our heart, which then, oh, great, I'm really good at this. So you go on stage and you go on stage and you fucking kill it and you're at your peak because this, all those people there, whether they laugh at your jokes or not. Right. I, I do, comedians don't tell jokes, do they? I sound yeah, like some six, of them do. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, whether they laugh at, at, at your yeah, It's okay. You can say jokes. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When they laugh at you, with yeah. you, whatever, then, then that isn't your identity. That is like, oh, I did well. Oh, okay, let's, let, you know. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't hang on to that stuff very much. Like, well, how, Look, I, I, but you know, it's interesting when you say about being lovable, like that is the worry, like uh, for a long time, up until very recently, the last thing I said to myself before I walked on stage was tonight's the night they find out that I'm not that funny. That would be the last thing I would say to myself. And I don't know if I did it. I, I, part of me was, it drove me to, uh, yeah. But part of it really, I really oh, no, believed it. Yeah, that's... Um, well, yeah, that's interesting. It's sad. And I don't mean it's sad. No, no, as no, in, but, but it's it's like, it's a fear. So the fear is driving you. What we need to do is learn to dance with fear because that is, where does that come from? That does it makes no sense, right? In your conscious mind, that makes no sense. How, how did it... By the way. What? You are amazing. No, but you the, are a supreme human being. Yeah, I know that. But by the <laughs> way, the saying we need to learn to dance with fear. Uh-huh. That's amazing. Oh. I love that. Oh. Because it's true. Yeah. It's true. Like, um, I spent a lot of my life running from fears. And just recently, last year or two, I've been like, what the fuck am I running from? Yeah. What am I running from? I gotta because there'll always be fears. Uh-huh. Unless yeah. I kind of face them. I, yeah, and there will always be fears in our lives yeah. because I we're not the Dalai Lama. We haven't lived fourteen years, whether we have fourteen lifetimes, to get to a point where oh, actually, I get it. We've kind of yeah, we've yeah. got it. Yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. this. Yeah. Damn, no worries, I got it. You know, yeah, yeah. There, of course, there's going to be fears, and and when we dance with fear, what we're doing is we we are 
on top of it. It is not controlling us. We're going, yeah, okay, you're there. And actually, I'm going to use this as a driving force, like you're saying. But it, it's it's not like the whole thing. And, and when we, it's kind of when I sort of spin it on its head. And like, you think your wife is really smart, right? Yeah. And you think she's beautiful. Yeah. And you know that she would... Like hearts are breaking, including no, no, no. Um, and she would, she would have men lining up to Absolutely. date her yeah, and yeah, marry yeah. her, yeah, yeah, yeah. and like you know, I won't say put their sperm inside her because you'll be like, what, what? No, that yeah. would probably happen too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if I understand how sex works, <laughs> no. what then I meant that's was what is another yeah. way, a convoluted way of saying like you know, wanting a children. She's like this beautiful woman. Yes. Yeah. So she's smart. Is that where babies come from? You got to put sperm inside? <laughs> I think so. Okay. All right. I've been doing it wrong. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so you think she's all of these things? Yes. So you don't think she's stupid? No. You don't think she's weak? No. You don't think she's powerless? No. Okay. So then stop thinking that she, and believing, not just thinking, believing that she's not going to think you are good enough. She's... Yeah, but you. But here's the thing. You asked me what my biggest fear was. Uh huh. I, I, I believe with all my heart that she loves me. Well, I, I'm going to challenge you. You may believe, actually. I believe you do believe with. I know, with all your heart. Right. You believe, and you know that she loves you. Yeah. But then the fucked up mind. The like I call it the dragon. So I'm writing about this at, at the moment. Please no one steal it because it's like this is like the fourth time I've written this book, and I'm actually going to get a noose and just like <laughs> <laughs> jumping it if this is the, the final dragon, one. Dragon is also another code name for heroin. So oh yeah, I know yeah, chasing yeah, yeah. the dragon. Chasing, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I said that to a heroin addict who who I adore and is one of my clients, and I was like, okay, so the oh, do it. Do you want me to change that? Because like in heroin, that's really good, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was like, it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> so you've got the dragon and the knight and the dragon is kind of tonight's the night they're going to find out you're not good enough and the dragon right. is so wonderfully clever and sophisticated it's not just you're a piece of crap and it's not necessarily that loud no you know why because the dragon and i hear what you're saying like the dragon speaks in your voice in your head uh-huh but the yeah. dragon isn't this big i'm not schizophrenic right i yeah. don't have multiple personalities it's not this crazy voice coming out of nowhere the dragon is my voice mm. with my words mm. in my head mm -hmm. now sometimes the dragon's very nice when he talks to me that's the crazy thing oh, right oh no, that, no but, the, but, but that's not the dragon talking to you the dragon, if the dragon, if, if you identify that as the dragon, this is what I'm going to say about sophistication. Oh, go on. Honestly, he finds you really attractive. I think you should sleep with him. No, you deserve another margarita. Right. Honestly, I would take that line of coke if I were you. Because, look, I mean. It sounds like a good right. friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it sounds like every yeah. friend I've ever had in yeah. my life. Yeah. I, I would spend all your savings yeah. on. But that know. is the dragon. Yeah. But it's the sophisticated dragon. Your knight. That was my nickname in high school. Oh, was it? Sophisticated, sophisticated dragon. dragon, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I tried to get it on a satin jacket, but they wouldn't, <laughs> nobody would type it up for me. But the knight within us is that it's the willpower, it's the grace, it's the strength, it's the courage, it's the virtuous side of us, it's the perseverance. But the dragon is much stronger. But also, here's the tricky part about the dragon because 
that voice in your head is your voice. Uh huh. It doesn't seem like crazy talk, right? Yeah. Because it's yeah. You and your own thoughts, and you and a lot of times, your own thoughts circle you down the drain more than lift you up. It's very rare you're sitting in your room by yourself like, I'm a fucking great guy. Holy shit, I'm awesome. It's always the dragon. Uh-huh. It's always like, what the fuck are you doing? Are you wasting time? Yeah. What are you sitting in here for? Right? Yeah, ex- exactly. You always beat yourself up in your head. Yes, and the scary thing is probably 90% of the time we don't even know it. 90% of what is happening, like off stage, backstage, yeah. we don't even know about it, which is why we end up married to a con man or like in an abusive relationship here or getting dumped all the time by women or not being able to orgasm. This is all the dragon. This is all our fears, but being presented not in a conscious way, in a way, everything that basically everything that happens in our lives on the outside, yeah. it starts off always on the inside. It starts off with a thought. It starts off with a feeling. It, then that leads to actions. And then enough actions become habits and then you form your identity. What you think your identity that is. That voice in your head though. Yeah. I'm just, I'm stuck on it because it's so tricky because it's you. Yeah. But, but a lot of times it's but it you. Is, yeah. It's you. You're bringing yourself down. Uh huh. Like that. I don't. Uh, you would think it would be opposite. Like, right? You would be like, "Well, you can fucking do this." But you never. That's rare. You're telling yourself that. It's mostly the voice in your head is telling you what you can't do, and why you're a piece of shit, and why this person doesn't like you, and why you fail. Uh huh. And that's because we've got very lazy. And I'm going to use that term because I want people to listen and feel triggered because I hate that word. I don't want to be called lazy, but we've got very lazy in our minds. So without even realizing it, for whatever reason, we have sort of taken up a belief when we were very, very small. And we put planted that in our mind and we have lived it. So we've been carrying on writing our story. So it's really interesting you say, yeah, the script's going on and this is the script and it's one dimensional and it's always the same. Yeah. Well, well, that's the story. That's the story that we've been keeping alive. So any shit that we went through when we were small, it's not because... You know, we're here today because of the shit that we went through when we were small. And it's awful, some of the stuff that people have went through. And God knows, you know, we don't want anyone to do that. But that's not the reason that we are here and where we aren't where we want to be in our life. It is because we've been keeping the story alive without realizing it. And it's empowering when we realize that we have created it because we're human. We've created it. Then if we have the power to create it yeah. we have the power to uncreate it okay so when what's the bottom for you after these relationships where you're like i'm a fucking i'm a mess here like yeah. what is going on with me <laughs> i ended up in hospital for two weeks and thought in what in what, uh, uh, mental physical physical they they thought i had meningitis basically um I I kept saying my body shut down. And what I mean by that is that I, you know, I was fainting a lot. I had this head pain that was, even when my dad was dying, my pain wasn't like this pain. It was bad. But so I had this phenomenal head pain. Nothing would work. Like, really. How old were you when your dad passed? Um, uh, 35, so five years ago. 
Okay, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. So the pain, like you'd go into the hospital. So the pain. So then I went to How see a doctor. How long ago was this? Uh, this was, uh, let's say, ten years ago. Okay. Well, more than just more than ten years okay. ago. Yeah. Um, and and then uh, I spoke to them on the ambulance, and I couldn't feel. I don't like. I couldn't feel. I can't remember which arm it was, but I couldn't feel sort of set. And then called an ambulance, went into hospital. And then they did tests and they thought, first thing, okay, brain tumor, not brain tumor. Do a lumbar puncture. Has she got meningitis? Now, in the UK, you don't have people making money off the health system. Right. It, it's like to keep somebody in hospital, it costs us a lot of money and they don't like it. You have a baby, bam, you're out. If you have surgery, bam, you're out. Right. Just get out. It's like we're not even worried who's coming to collect yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get a taxi. Yeah. There's taxis outside. Yeah. Yeah. Go. <laughs> and they kept me in for 10 days because they, you know, it's like, what is happening? You know, and this pain, they would give me all the stuff that would work for most things. This pain stayed and stayed and stayed. And that was my bottom. That was the bottom when I realized this has to stop. And for whatever reason it was, I heard my voice my intuition and like let's say the universe you know mother universe i heard right there's a common denominator here that common denominator is me this has to be something to do with me and then that was when and at the time therapy was not nobody spoke about therapy in the right. uk it was not a big thing at all and i put myself in therapy because i thought i want to find out what is going on here there's a pattern right. and I kind of sort of got onto that and then it was like my life unfolded in therapy and it was like, oh my God. And do you feel like because you were helped so much by therapy, you were like, I would like. It's exactly why. Exactly. I would like to give this to other so people. So the worst experiences in my life turn out to be the best experiences in my life because if I had not have been through such phenomenal pain and I mean I call it like you know it was it was a death of certainly some aspects of me right if I hadn't have been through that I wouldn't be here today I would be you know doing going on the red carpet and yeah. like hey Josh what are you wearing <laughs> Levi's like always uh, and so yeah so it was exactly I was like this shit works this is good and so then isn't that phenomenal yeah. so so from your pain uh-huh uh, risen from the ashes is the is that gift you want to continually give to other mm, people. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't that wonderful? Though? Yeah, thank you. But uh, it was, and it just completely came from because you really like what you do. I love what I do. It's so I'm so obvious. privileged. It's so obvious. I'm so privileged. It's so obvious that, uh, that you love what you do, and it makes sense now because the gift that you were given and how it opened up your life and your world, you want to give that gift to other people. Yeah. That's pretty special. Yeah. And and thank you. And it's it's because I really if I can do it, anyone can do it. I'm not an exceptional human being. I'm just a normal human being. Is there now Okay, I'm exceptional. Yeah, you're you're I, a supreme no, 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 human being. I'm joking, being. I'm joking. Is there now been like so the first person you dated after the coquette in the hospital uh -huh. and the con man and whoever was before that? Was it a different guy that was attracted to you? Because I do believe you attract what you put out there. Uh huh. I do believe, however that is, the guys that you were dating aren't walking up to, and I'll use my wife as an example. She's a confident woman. I just don't think that she's attracting that, right? I think there's part of that you kind of put out there. Absolutely. You, 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 you are so right. And that is why we can only, this is what my book about is about, we can 
only find somebody who is right for us when we are that person. When we have that, if we want somebody with strength and with humor and with kindness, we have to have that within ourselves. We can't have somebody rescue us or like a woman be submissive to us or, right. or whatever. We have to have that within ourselves. I always tell people when they say, I, you know, I, that when they say I'm looking for, I'm looking for a husband or but she wants to get married, well, it's not going to happen. It, to me, like I, well, I didn't meet Beth until I had let go, entirely let go of all of that. Uh-huh. And because then the the doors were wide open. Yeah. But when you're when you're laser focused, that the window is like this. Yeah. And narrow. And there's an air of desperation with you. And desperate does not attract good. And yeah, exactly. And what is the desperation? The desperation is fear. And fear does not attract good. No. Fear attracts somebody else with fear. Now it's okay for us to have like these fears that you know, that, that we're aware of, like you were just saying, that we, we can help each other with. Because a lot of healing and a lot of like, you know, how we just become really better versions of ourselves does happen in a relationship. But it, we have to have that foundation. I agree with that 100%, by the way. I, I am a different and better man now than I was pre-Beth. Mm. But I will tell you something. Pre-Beth. Pre-Beth. That, that, that should be, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I will the movie title. I will tell you that. Um, I, like, when I was before Beth, I always, okay, I was raising the three kids, right? And I was like, okay, I'm at a six happy, maybe seven, between uh -huh. six and seven. But I knew what came with women, that I've been down to one. But I also knew that you don't reach 10. I wouldn't reach 10 unless I was in the... But I was happy between six and seven because I didn't want to risk one again. Mm. But when I completely let go of it mm -hmm. is when the 10 walked in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. It's And it's really interesting because what basically you were able to do, even though the trouble is when we were at six or seven, we have, we are, we're mediocre. We have, because that to me isn't, you know, it's that to me isn't balanced. It's, we have a sort of chronic low level of suffering and it's sort of low enough so that we can just get on with our lives yeah, it's not a one that's uh -huh. what i had been on my kitchen floor drunk crying like that was not where i ever wanted to be again and the one the fear of the fear and the pain that you connected in your mind with the one that was the driver of i'm not going back there yes and therefore also your most painful time became like it, it blossomed look what you know from shit flowers grow yeah shit flowers <laughs> <laughs> okay listen i'm gonna i'm gonna pull up some questions online and then ladies and gentlemen i apologize i will once again open up the phone lines at 323-282-7424 323-282-7424 let me ask some questions by the way i mean oh thank you that's that's old but thanks. <laughs> you, uh, You're showing I got, me a picture I got of some, myself. I got some pretty graphic responses oh. to that picture. So. <laughs> There's my ego going, oh, that's nice. <laughs> okay. I'm so pretty. I'm still lovable. Any tips for teenagers just starting to have sex? Do you think there's an age um, that's appropriate and not appropriate outside of the league? Like, what's, it le what's legal here in California? California? Is it 18 or 16? 
18. Do you think 18 is too old? Blimey, look, I'm European. Um, and I don't want to... <laughs> I, I don't want to You're upset. drunk at eight. Yeah, yeah I'm having exactly. wine at dinner, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we really were. Um, I think 18 is... Look, it's there's new research that says that the later you wait, the less um, issues with self-esteem you kind of could have. Okay. However, that's only... Look, I had a great first sexual experience, right? right? So uh, even though it was like a bonkers... Let's imagine it was a nice relationship. Well, my self-esteem wouldn't have been bashed. Did it would have been... orgasm the first time you had sex? Nice. N- no. But it was very pleasurable. I don't think so. But all I remember, this is so bad. All I remember, well, I, with this beaming smile, and I went, oh, my God, is that it? And what I meant was like, oh, is that it? Yeah. And the poor guy, I probably oh, yeah, sent yeah. him to the psych ward gang. When is you that say, it? is that it? Is that's that it? <laughs> that's it? That's what you got? Oh, yeah. He that was I, like, that is it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so with T, I think it does depend on the person, but I really would say that nobody ever regretted waiting too long. What is very damaging for our self-esteem yeah. is... If you go into sex because you don't want the guy to leave you or you don't want her to dump you or because your mate's having, you know, so so you're doing it for the wrong reason. So would you suggest then intimacy is okay? Petting, touching, boobs. um, Bit of frottage. Yeah. You know what's crazy (laughs) is that, like I said, you know, in high schools now, no sex but blowjobs and anal. That worries me. Me too. Um, You know, I had sex... How old were you? I think 15, probably. Right. Yeah. And it's so funny to think. Like, can you imagine what kind of... What sex did you have at 15? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. It's so long ago. Let me tell you, the first two times this uh-huh. girl decided she was going to have sex with me, the first time I came in my pants, the second, oh. time, the second time I came on her pants. Oh, and I was like, I'm getting better every time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon we're gonna get right in there. Yeah, yeah. But I was oh, so excited. Fantastic. I was so excited. Oh, well that's nice. Yeah, but then eventually, you know, eventually I was like, okay, just relax. It's gonna Yeah. This isn't it's gonna happen again. So you don't have to like try to what an interest the brain though, my you know, your brain does control a lot yeah, of that shit. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, it's like the biggest sex organ we have is more between for women our than ears. men. Yeah, because for men, like they're wired differently. So their sex circuit is and what I mean by sex circuit is from the minute you get like horny to when you come and then sort of have that sort of like nice ooh, float right. off the ceiling time. Um that sex circuit is much clearer and it's less complicated. For women, you have, and this this is just how we're wired, it's, there are a lot, there's a lot more going on. Biology, psychology, uh, emotional stuff, there's, there's and, and the temperature of the room. Like we can, like if there's an earthquake, what happens? If there's an earthquake, are you going to carry on having sex? Me, yeah. Yep, there we go. If there's, another, <laughs> if, if there's an earthquake, I'm like, quick, let's get under the doors. Get the dogs, do this. Oh my God. You know, it's like, it's. When I was in high school, there was, I was, we were, me and this girl were in the, you know, because you drank in the woods in high school because. Oh. So I went in the woods and drank and we had a blanket and we were planning, oh. on, planning on having sex. And she had too much to drink and she threw up, which wasn't a deal breaker for me. Wow. I even told her, I was like, so oh just so you gosh, know. Oh my gosh, that's the teenage I was brain. Like, yeah, I was like, just so you know, <laughs> not a deal breaker for me. Uh, if you're cool with 
with pushing on and she was like i don't think so i'm like i have like a a, a mint or something she was like that's not i don't feel great i'm like yeah you know it's funny with my wife like sometimes she'll say um i'm like you want to have sex and she's like no i don't feel sexy i'm like yeah but uh like for me I've never not wanted to have sex because I don't feel sexy. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, but I and I'll say you don't have to do anything, and she doesn't take that as a compliment. No, no, exactly. And it is but, uh, that's for a, me. It's a compliment saying you're so sexy. You don't have to do anything. And for her, she hears that I would fuck a tree. Yeah, I know. Right. So yes. that's like the difference, right? <laughs> Yeah, but, but, but it is a compliment. But, but it's the thing where it's like you don't have to do anything. Well, we take it as like, okay, we'll just lie there. It's fine. I yeah. just, I just want a warm body. And you're, I'm not saying that you're like that. But it's like to a woman, that's yeah. like because she's projecting. If she doesn't feel good about herself in that moment, how can you think I feel uh, good? So she's projecting her feelings onto you. We have a phone call, Justin. Justin. You're on the phone. You're you're calling in. It's Josh and Simone. What's going on, man? Hey, Josh. It's Justin from Quincy. How are you, man? Good. How are you? Hey, Justin. Good name. Good strong Hi, name. Simone. How are Hello. you? Hello. I'm very well. I'm very well. You've got a, a Roman name, I do believe. Very strong. Oh, it, Justin. Take that into the bedroom. Literally the one and only time I've ever heard Justin from Quincy as a strong man. So I will <laughs> take it. Thank you, Simone. My pleasure. Um, do you have a question for Simone? I do. This has been a really, really intriguing conversation. So thank you very much, Simone. It, it's it's really enlightening. Um, it, I'm, I'm really intrigued by the fact that you give the heart its own individual identity, mind, body, and heart. Um, why is it that you think that the heart plays such a back role when we're talking about the mind and the body whenever we get horny? Those are the, the thoughts that kind of come to the forefront. And then after everything transpires, the heart then is the one that kind of takes over prevalency. Is, is there a way that you think that the heart might have a little bit more of an identity in, in day to day? Oh, you are smart. Yeah. You have been listening. You get, I mean, Justin isn't just strong from Quincy. Yeah. Justin is smart as a button that's a british saying smart as a button which yeah it makes no make sense because no, buttons are yeah, but plastic. it's like oh you're smart as a button mm. um yeah great question um i i believe that the essence of who we are is within our heart i'm not the first person to say this but it's it's within our heart and because we have so many fears that we aren't aware of it's like we grow this big defense against who we are because if our mind stroke ego is saying, you know, or what I said, the dragon, you're not good enough, you're not good enough. It's very difficult to go and step into the essence of who you are. And also when we're small, it's like we want to, like you were saying, we want to please people. We want to be the best yeah. at, at like silly things. Well, actually, it's our compassion and our warmth and our, you know, our capacity to love. All of that these are all vulnerable things, right, Justin? Yeah. And that's all sort of within, that's within our heart. So I think the more that we can identify our heart as separate, the better we will be able to, to just sort of see ourselves because I think that, or I believe, that when we look at and imagine who we are, it's you're not the person you think you are. And I mean that as something hmm. that is empowering and like really. Is that kind of like I think I'm a good dancer, and then I catch myself in the mirror? I'm like, oh 
fuck? Is that me? No, no, that comes from you. Why am I firing pistols? Like, that's not, <laughs> is that my move? <laughs> that's, that, I believe that comes from your heart because you are, like, if you want to get in touch with your heart, be playful as a child. Yeah. When, we were, when we were children, we were totally in touch with our heart. Justin, for you, why did you, let me ask, why did you ask that question? Because that was a, it, it, we, are, we, we ask questions for, you know, I, I think sort of, you know, as a reflection of what is happening in our lives or obviously something that huh. we want to know the answer to. Yeah. So what, for you, what, what meaning does that question have? Not even the answer, but what meaning does the question have? Well, I, I think for me, it's, it's a little bit harder as, we, as, as I get older. Um, to think about fantasy or, or any type of sexual exploration and then to think back on it. My husband and I have a very great sex life. We have a very great relationship, but it's bizarre some of the things that in the moment while we're having sex, uh, it, it's, just, it's, it's totally different from our individual lives. We're very upstanding. We're very prim and proper. But while we're in the moment, it's like, well, what, holy shit, where the hell did that come from? Huh. Um, so, so to be able to identify in the moment some of the thoughts that, that we're having as opposed to when we're in control or, or a bit more intimate, it, it, it's two different psychological thoughts. So it, it, it's not necessarily disturbing by any means. It's just it, it, there's like two people within my mind. And, and yeah. when you were talking about the heart having its own individuality, maybe that's where those dualities come from. Yeah. And, and if we look at sort of, and this, this becomes difficult and it goes back to the, this, this is a very simplistic way of saying it. Josh and I were talking earlier about, okay, if you're doing something, if you're having, we were using the example of, you know, a one night stand, if you're having a one night stand because you want the pleasure, then, then just know your intention. So I'm having a one night stand because this is going to be pleasurable versus I'm having a one night stand because actually I feel lonely. I don't feel good enough in myself. I need the attention. Then that isn't, that, that doesn't come from One's healthy, the one isn't. Yeah, exactly. And so what can happen with sexual fantasies is that we can be, that they don't have to be pathological, but for example, let's say, I'm trying not to go down the BDSM route, but that's just what's in my head at the moment. And I'm not making a blanket statement, but I'm just using one example. If a man, for example, likes the partner to be super dominant, it could be I'm really turned on with somebody with the power exchange here. So, Justin, that's sort of your point. It, it can be just like, oh, gosh, that's in the moment and that's nice and that's free and we're letting ourselves go. It could also be, oh, I'm trying to work something out here. If my partner is like super strong and dominating, it can be, oh, I going back to the example I used earlier, I don't have to be in charge of my sexuality and mm. what that can come from, it sounds a bit sort of like sort of abstract and everything, but what it can come from is, oh, I, you know, my mummy didn't, didn't, my mum said that, you know, people who have sex are really bad right. and, you know, they were super religious mm -hmm. or they were, you know, or the, you know, so teachers said that. So it's like, but I really want sex. But hold on, if I if 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 somebody like pounces on me and is the dominant one and is in charge of me, then 
it's not really me that's having yeah. sex. So, so your guilt is played out, and that's how we like e- express it. Do you? That's interesting. And by the way, Justin, I'm I'm happy to have learned today that you guys are freaky in the bedroom. Um, <laughs> uh, it is nice. Yeah, that's a, it's a little t- little tidbit that I just found out that you. Uh, that you, you... But, but actually, sorry, Josh. Just Justin, the, exactly what Josh was saying. I'm so. What happens is, like, if a thought comes to my head, this is why I have a piece of paper. Yeah. I forget it. But just to say, you said you were very. We were very prim and upstanding yeah. and prim and proper. Well, listen. What I'm saying is. If you want to be in your heart, lose the prim and proper and upstanding because you're clearly in the bedroom finding a place to express being able to let go. I say let go in life, whatever that means. And I think it probably means be who you are, not who you think you need to be. And that gets very deep. It's not a simplistic thing. Do you feel like that? Okay, so we go to the... uh, Oh, I'm sorry. Justin, do you have any more questions? I didn't want to jump in. No, no, no. Okay, this has that, been a fantastic dialogue. Thank you so much, Simone. Oh, thank you, Justin. I, I adore you very, the very best. much. Aww, hey, Josh, just so really nice. quickly, um, Justin from Quincy is no longer going to be Justin from Quincy. Justin from Quincy is going to be Justin from Nashville. Oh, I love Nashville, man. Love, 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 I, love. I just got a job offer. I am taking it. It's oh. a huge pay increase. I am going to be in charge of social media for IMA. Oh, in, congratulations, uh, See, Justin's a strong name. Congratulations, Justin. Woo! Super happy for Yay. you. And I'll see you when I'm in Nashville. I'm there at least twice a year. Absolutely, man. So thankful Aww. to you. Thank, thank, thank you, you, Justin. Thank you so much for the opportunities that you've put in front of me, man. Absolutely, I, I, I greatly dude. appreciate it. Absolutely. Oh, you are so He's the nice. Best. Thanks, oh, Justin. Oh, what a heart. It, interesting, then. For you to say, when people get dominated in the bedroom, that that's their way of being like, oh, this isn't me. This is the other person. So I'm not being naughty. The other person is. It's their way... It's their way of being okay with being naughty. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's that and and they're not conscious of it. So it's it's basically they are sort of they're finding a way to express their sexuality but in a way that reduces the guilt mm, that's and crazy. reduces the shame. Okay, let me get a couple more questions for you. There's a lot. There's a lot of size questions. Does size really matter? I was just talking about this this morning, actually, with somebody who's a big fan of yours, Mr. Kevin Klein. I love it. He's the best. But I imagine size is, it's like everything else. The extremes on either end aren't great, but things in the middle work. Okay, so here's the thing. Did you know that, I mean, I don't want to mention his name, but did you know that Hitler had one testicle? All right. And he also had a micropenis. Well, by the way, how do you know that? Uh, because it, there was um, there were there was new uh, medical. By the way, that explains a lot. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what I said, right? There was yeah, new. There was micro penis. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. His version and, of the Porsche was taking yeah, over Europe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And look at look at like his identity. He had no fucking identity. He was just like, and what is what is the penis? It's a power of symbol. You know, a power of symbol. It's a a symbol, symbol of power. power. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so, but as far as sex goes, um, size is all up to the like, not up to, but I'm assuming depending on the woman, right? Like, well, it's going back to having a small penis. It was. Um, Why do you keep looking at me when you say that? 
<laughs> you <laughs> keep looking at them, you keep going like this. Yeah. That's, uh, well, no, do you know how big micropenises are? They're like three centimeters when they're, when they're flaccid and they're stretched. No. Yeah, so that's how sort of little we're talking about. And they don't have like the pee hole at the tip. It's like they don't underneath. Have a pee hole? It's underneath. Like it's a, like on like the shark sea animal. Or like at the base. Like a sea animal who pees at the bottom of his penis? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay, so. Anyway, so micropenis is What percentage of people have micropenis? I don't know, but I would imagine it's probably less than 1%. I mean, yeah, because I, I started sex therapy. It's, it's, it's sad. Yeah. Um, they're they're very. I would work out a lot. And uh, you the, anyway, there's like I mean that's like a big one. That is square. I know my drawing's not very good. That's P. That's P. Out. But why does that looks like a whale? In fact, it does. It, I can put it outside down. It's a whale. Yeah, it looks like anyway. A whale. Okay. So does size matter? Right. I think that girth is quite important um, because like look, in theory, does size matter? where there's no status about right. it or kind of not really depending if you want your uh you know your the the back of your like vagina walls unless you want them banged and right. and so filled and all the rest important. of it so length isn't typically as important but a big penis has become for women a status symbol like it used to be big tits well, for, for women, like for guys, now women are like, no, 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 I'll have a big penis because they've been watching a lot of porn where they only come in at XXXXL. Right. But um, actually, if you speak to the average woman, typically what she will say is, do you know what? He's a really nice guy. He makes up for it in other ways. Uh, and uh, look, whether they're saying that just because yeah, they're being Yeah, but that's like asked, saying he's got a great personality. That doesn't feel... Yeah, but, a- but the thing is, like, love love the man, love the penis. I've really got to say that if you sort of separate... the, I have a, a really lovely client, and she separates. I've heard of so many penises and different penises that she's... Like, the guy can be really nice, and she's like, yeah, but, you know, his cock's not right. And it's like, really? We're going back there again? But some of them are hooked. Yeah, I I had sex with a guy once who had hooked? like, a, and Bill Clinton has got its. Um, How do you know Bill Clinton's got a hooked dick? Because that was what identified him uh, with Monica Lewinsky. Because Monica Lewinsky basically said he has prior. Pri- but the, the hook seems like it wouldn't be great. Well, um, it it works in the same way, but it's just a little bit curved. Yeah, but doesn't it poke the sides? <laughs> they poke the sides, like is right? Yeah, just going like it's this like to, to, to the uh, thigh. Okay. Um, we... So I think size shouldn't matter, but I mean, it it does, and it does depend how kind of like how you're made. I can't stand big penises. I mean, oh my god, it's but you're just a like, tiny person. I'm very small, and so a big penis to me would literally just be it would be like. Nails scratching down the chalkboard. It would, oh! it would be too painful. It's just like, I can't have it. What, what, I, there are a bunch of questions about how do you get into with your significant other? Like, basically, how do I express what my fantasy is because there's a lot of fear of being judged, right? Right. So a lot of the questions I got were about, I, you know, how do I tell my girlfriend or wife I want to do this, whatever it is, without her thinking I'm a fucking weirdo? Yeah, and that's that's a that's a tough one. Um, do you dip your toe in or do you jump right in? I think you, I think it's, it's got to be. I mean, what I like doing is sort of making it into a game 
And it's like, okay, let's both write down five fantasies and just like no judgment. Let's put them in a little bag and let's act one out. And you can completely say no with no judgment as well. Yeah. And and then go from there because you can build and you can, when I say sort of compromise, it's like, let's, uh, anal sex isn't the right example, but let's just say. Seems okay, something, like a good one. <laughs> let's just say <laughs> sort of, but, but okay, well, look, if you want why, to talk about. But why do you think anal sex uh-huh. is something that, guys typically are more pushing than women, right? So guys, like, why do you think it's something that guys enjoy or want to do more than, say, a woman would want to do? Because it is so forbidden. Taboo. Yeah. It's forbidden. It's taboo. It's not, I mean, it typically not every girl kind of did that. That would be, I mean, it's like how much love... Or how much, like, oh, my God, you are so gorgeous. You right. are, you know, how, like, that's a big thing. This girl is letting, this woman is letting me do this. Right. Oh, my God, and she's enjoying it. And it's, it's like, can be super, super sexy. So it is very much to do with the forbidden. Do you think, like, okay. As far and as- I think it feels, you know, it feels good because it's, like, tight. Yeah. For guys, I understand it. Yeah. So do you think then for a healthy relationship? Uh-huh. That you should be having anal sex. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, are you listening, babe? Uh, do you think for a healthy relationship, I mean, how much should be fantasy? How much should be regular missionary? How much should be, do you know what I mean? Because I, th- I feel like if you're at 10 all the time, then there's nowhere to go. Yeah, and I, and I also think that you're setting yourselves up to to fail because, because like we have lives, yeah, and stuff happens, and sometimes we'll be tired, or sometimes like and like cozying up on the couch is just would feel better than sex, right. not to you. Not sure, how but that yeah, works. yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, look, I think that we should have quickies. We should have like really long sessions, like we used to have at the beginning when we were together, and really prioritize that time. Well, there was a lot more. Petting then. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot more. Yeah. Well, because look, you know, when you've been in a relationship for a long time, you kind of know what the other person likes. Yeah. So you can just kind of get to it. Yeah. But when you're new, you're still experimenting and feeling out what that person yeah enjoys. and so okay why do we feel so good at the beginning of the relationship you just said it curiosity it's the yeah. same thing it's like we think that we know everything about a partner or sexually what turns them on well do you know how many erogenous zones um are on our body how many you know how many nerves millions i will tell you for so how can how can anyone know everything we can't so we've got to and we think too much and this is what sort of like i go through in sex therapy sorry should jump in but it's like we think too much it's like oh yeah tits ass you know penis testicles if like guys are really lucky uh frenium (laughs) (laughs) perineum it's like it's like hold on a minute there's there's like it's your whole body use your whole body because it is just i i remember like guys coming in and this is guys who are horny guys and they're like doing it you know 
I've set them uh, their assignment, you know, assignment. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know that. Like the back of my knees really turned me on. Back and, of the knees? Yeah. And, you know, of course, it doesn't feel like your penis getting stroked, but yeah. the point is, be that great if was, it did. <laughs> 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 that was like another pleasure spot that he didn't know. And so. Where um, she was kissing the back of his knees? It's, yeah. It's like when, when, like really good. Sex and re- getting really good at sex means using your whole body. Can I tell you something? Yeah. I remember the first time a girl started kissing down my chest, and then she kissed right around here, whatever uh-huh. part of this body is called, and then down groin, groin but then down to my thigh, uh-huh. right? And then and then all I was thinking was you skipped it, like you missed it. Uh, you need to. I know you you you've already dropped below sea level. Like come on up. <laughs> Grab some air and let's go back down. Like How I, old were you? I, I guess the first time a girl kind of kissed me all over my body oh, was so college. Right. But I was like, I but maybe and I was maybe at twenty one in college. Uh-huh. Maybe the guys not that's not the right time for a guy to experience that all over his body because all I kept thinking was, okay, so all I kept thinking as she was kissing all around my body was, I've got one spot. Just yeah, hit the right, spot. It, right, exactly. And then, how long does sex last? It, it's it's not that long, and right. it's not the whole experience. It's just basically, it's sex. yeah, it's yeah. like the icing rather than having the whole cake. Oh, cupcakes! Yeah, I love cupcakes. <laughs> I really like them a lot. Do you? Okay, do you feel like since you've started helping people, your sex life is better? Yeah. Um, absolutely, because it it wasn't at first. I've got to say, my sex life took an absolute nosedive at first. How so? I, I felt so, geez, because like you think of sex and you're not conscious about all the. Uh, I don't want to put anyone off. So, but this is just as a sex therapist. So right. don't worry, everyone's okay. Um, but it's kind of you get to realize about how much. S- pain suffering is expressed through our sexuality or and i was dealing with like sexual abuse right. and this and that and 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 not being able to orgasm what a, what a shame to do with that so you, you couldn't orgasm when you first started becoming a sex therapist no 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 i'm saying a, like oh, right. a, dealing with right. women who can't orgasm or men who can't right, orgasm right. and the shame associated with that and it's look it's I I believe, and it would be so ridiculous to say here, oh, I have the best sex life in in the world. A, because I'm sort of always learning, but B, it's like, why do we become a therapist? Why did I, because I want to help people. What, because I've got all my shit together, everything? No, because I'm constantly learning, and I'm learning about myself, and I'm learning about people. Do you learn in people. your sessions? Oh my God, yes. And that's why I'm so, first of all, I'm so privileged for people to be able to let me in. Yeah. Um, but yeah, absolutely. I've been inspired. Like, uh, uh, for example, just a client the other day was saying, I told, it's like, <laughs> I sort of fed it into her. And then she was like, well, then what about 8.30 to 9.30 having the cell phone off? And I was just like, yeah. 8.30, Also, people who come in with like really severe backstories, you know, difficult, difficult histories. And I'm like, look at them. They're smiling. They they have got that courage and strength. And I'm like, wow, all the woman who has come from a completely sexually repressed background and gone through and like really, 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 you know, has so much courage and 
enthusiasm and you know wants that wonderful relationship and then she's fucking her husband she's got two kids in in the bathroom at Macy's you know Macy's or whatever it is and it's like awesome and so that it's like okay and that you learn from and it sounds like you're learning from the top like oh let's go and have sex no it isn't it's the stuff underneath it's like yeah it's it's amazing can you think of the last thing that I don't know that you learned about yourself sexually where you're like oh shit I didn't know that was gonna be a a win for me but that's a fucking win (laughs) I did say I'm very good friends with Moby Uh and he said to me Simone as your friend I really I really care about you I think you need to have sex more often Uh, because I went through well right like I'm in a long term uh, long distance relationship so how often am I having sex really not that much and but 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 like when it's together it's good and it's not right. always hopefully gonna be like this but it was so Do you guys so, Skype each other uh-huh yeah FaceTime yeah HD baby yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> so <Yeah>. so <laughs> so what's really nice your question is when did you learn something yeah. i actually and this is i must admit it was a very clearly unconscious moment when somebody was telling me about their amazing sex and i was like oh my god people still have sex yeah because <laughs> i was having so, and it was like i was dealing with so many people who couldn't orgasm we weren't having sex we weren't dating blah, blah, blah. oh my god i need to have sex yeah. i remember that thing oh people still enjoy it so so the one thing well i've got to say right and, they, and this goes to like being a sex therapist as well like doing that fantasy little yeah. fantasy box putting putting your little things in there um using your whole body uh just like like the circle of eight around Do you fantasy box with your long distance lover yes wow yeah that's fun yeah all right. Do you yeah. want to tell us what fantasy you pulled out of the box? Um, okay. You don't have to, you don't have to one, tell us who's it was. Well, okay. Well, mine, mine. I've got to say, I am a little bit cheesy mm-hmm. uh, and a little bit, but I wanted, and I remember talking to yeah. our friend Kevin about this, um, who said that it was really unsexy, and I was like, no, it was really sexy. And there's this thing called Nuru, which is basically- I know that, the body slide? Yes. Fucking great. Isn't it? Oh my god, fucking great! I know. And so uh, that was one of my fantasies, and so we did it. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, you slid great. on him. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's Amazing. Good stuff. And yeah. I love like all the. I love the fact that you even get the sheet with it. Basically, what it is, just for anyone listening, is it's a it's a it's sort of um, it's a. Uh, a massage, it's not an oil, but it's like this massage kind it's of oil, oil type thing. And you, and you put it all over your body and then you get this plastic sheet that they get and you slip and slide. But your your body is on top of his and you're basically massaging his body with your naked oiled body. Yes. But what I also like is like the difficulty getting into positions and falling out of positions yeah. and the playfulness that it comes and just the silliness. It's like slip and slide for adults or whatever, you know, that game that we yeah. play as kids. Oh, your penis fell on my <laughs> vagina. No, your <laughs> vagina fell on my penis. Like it's how the Reese's Peanut yeah. Butter Cup was invented. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, you know what I, I, I find? Here's, I know that you um, asked, like you were like, when are we going to get back into the sex stuff? But it, it was interesting to me to find out why it was so important to you, but now, why you love your job is very crystal clear. Yeah, to me. and and also like we're going back to the codependent thing. It's like I I grew up 
looking on the outside and not looking in. And therefore, if I'm not looking in and connecting with myself, sexuality, you know, connecting to your sexuality is going to be different, you know, difficult. If I wasn't on drugs or I wasn't drunk, you know, it's like, oh my gosh. And it's being able to let go of control. So often when you have let's let's go back to just like addiction in the family what happens is you become quite you you have to become quite a controlled person right because no one else is in fucking control so you have to like okay hold on i'm gonna do this so that it appeases them and perhaps they won't drink so what then happens is that orgasms i was lucky i was able to orgasm yeah. a lot but sex drive was really difficult because what is sex drive connected for me, sort of my biology was fine. Self-esteem. Going back to mm. if I'm not feeling good about myself, it's fine when you first get together with someone yeah. or when you're high or... But it's like, well, hold on, when I want the real thing, oh, no, 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 don't come close. And I wasn't aware of any of that until I trained as a sex because I wasn't conscious of it. I was sort of semi-conscious of it, but I wasn't fully conscious. So... So you get to kind of check in yeah. with yourself and know, and also know if you've got low sex drive, that actually for women, it's like you just have the, de- you don't even have to the, have the desire or that peak, like I feel horny. It's like get aroused first, get turned on first, and then you've got the desire to carry on. You know, uh, every day that I'm in town, now I travel a bunch, but every day I'm in town, my wife and I have some form of sex. Every day. Mm. Every single day. Sorry, I got my mouth full. Yeah. Um, that's what that is fantastic. Every day, yeah. Every day. Oh, my gosh. That's brilliant. Now, is there a tipping point? Oh, my God. That's so beautiful. Is there that's a tipping so point? Is there like, a, is there a, that you're having too much sex? Or is there a, you're not having enough sex? Or does it just depend on the couple? I think, look, everyone's sex life is very unique to them. Um, some people, it's like, I mean, you having some form of intimacy when you're in town, uh, you know, when you're when you're together yeah. is is who could want for more. I think that's absolutely beautiful. You're connecting. It's it's wonderful. Um, if- I, I really when she walks around the house and I tell her this all the time, I'm like, you're like, like I look at her sometimes. I'm like, you. I almost look at you like a piece of meat, like like you're my little sausage and I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> you're my little sausage and i'm hungry and um <laughs> tell me when it's okay time to eat like because uh, she knows at any time yeah yeah, yeah 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 but i you know and then i hear friends who are married who are like we have sex like once every other week i'm like but why yeah or i mean and sometimes that can be a lot it's like i, I can't remember the statistic but it's like one in five that was it one in five americans i think that, i think it's one in ten British people, or it's the other way round, uh, but anyway, like high substantial, uh, high proportion yeah. um, are in sexless marriages. Sexless meaning they have sex like ten times a year or less. Now, does that mean that that relationship is in bad shape, or does that mean they've just gotten lazy? Because I can't imagine if you said to somebody, "Do you like having sex?" People would say, "Yes, I enjoy having sex." Then if it's something you know you enjoy, uh-huh. and it's something that's free, uh-huh. and it's something that's right in front of you, why aren't you doing it? I just don't understand that. Like, that blows my mind. Like, look, I understand life is busy, and but you always have time. If you want it, you always have time. Mm. Yeah. And it's like, if I gave you a million dollars, would you, you know, yes. like over don't the last week? Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. 
Would you have had sex? Yeah. yeah. So it's an issue about priority. What do you value more? And we get so, again, going back to the dragon, we get so stuck in our heads mm -hmm. about, oh, this becomes really important or if we haven't achieved everything on the to-do list or, oh, my God, you know, it's like all of these things. There are genuine reasons as well, which is, look, I'm really stressed at work. We know when we're stressed. I think I, and I just, just talking to friends of mine, to me, it, it, I don't know whose fault it ends up being. But to me, a lot of the times, the fault lays in the lies in the guy because look, you woo this woman; she feels sexy. You make her feel beautiful at the beginning of the relationship, and then as the relationship goes on, you stop. A lot of my friends stop putting in that work, and so a lot of times, you know, my friends kind of blame their wife, like, "Well, she doesn't want to have sex." Well, have you told her that she's beautiful today, or yeah. have you just? held her hand in public like a lot of times just the holding the hand in public or have you made her feel special or have mm. you surprised her and then the part of her wanting to fuck you is gonna happen yeah you're yeah you're absolutely right like i feel it's like a lot of the times emotional foreplay yeah yeah a lot of really times important really more important for the woman uh, for the women, definitely. Look, I mean, for men, I think it's very important for women to give feedback during sex because, again, sex is the time that it's kind of, again, it's accepted for men to have compliments. Yes. Or, you know, and they don't actually get that many... There isn't... We're not set up to give men a lot of compliments in the relationship. Men tend to be... Like, you know, traditionally, oh, like you said, they're the ones that, like, yeah. you know, made her feel special. The problem is both parts of the couple get lazy or and without realizing it. And we can get too stuck in the emotional, which is like what I call, you know, oxytocin overload. When we hug, we also get oxytocin when we, we have sex. But when we hug... You know, and you're really hugging yeah. and you're like really good friends and that's so lovely. There's there's too much. You need some distance. You need like, you know, some energy. Yeah. There's an expression in sex therapy and it's, you know, flippant and sort of, but if you're not fighting, you're not fucking. And it doesn't mean it literally, but what it means is if you don't have that energy, if you don't see the other person as different, yeah. then you just merged into one. Well, no wonder you don't want sex because it's just like having sex with yourself. It's which like, is great, yeah. by the way. Which is great. I'm pretty good but, with myself. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, it's not sort of what you want. So I I also think that women, we have to be responsible. If we're not getting our needs met, or if a man isn't getting his needs met, we have to know what our needs are and to be able to say. It's like if you go to, you know, if I come and see you and, you know, of course, you are really funny and I laugh. Yeah. Well, you're not making me laugh. You are, I'm making me laugh. Right. So... So, yes, you have provided all that, that it's like a woman has to feel sexy in herself. It's yeah. like if you say, do you know what I mean? So women also have to take responsibility and say, look, I, I, you know, let's say they do sort of feel sexy, but I feel like we're just, we haven't got our eyes on our, you know, on the relationship, you know, or let's invest. It, it, it mustn't be that women withhold sex, you know, without... Yeah. saying anything. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, the place that they only feel that they've got power is to deprive, which is not, it's not good for no, either of them. No, it actually, 
should be the other way around. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, yeah. And and going back to it, it's like, why do people cheat? It's not just men that cheat, but why do people cheat? Well, it's because they're not investing time and it does take more effort to have a great sex life the longer you are in a relationship. Yeah. Because you're so familiar and, you know, dirty socks on the floor again, you know, isn't sexy for most people. Do you know what <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's funny is that Beth and I and this was this was a happy accident. Uh-huh. We slow because we enjoyed each other so much. We enjoyed having sex with each other right off the bat. We slowly introduced, like we didn't do everything and everything fucking crazy and not within the first month. It was just a happy accident and this has worked so well that over time we slowly introduced new things. Oh. And that was really lucky looking back. And we talked about it because if we had done all that in the first three weeks, it was like, huh? But there was always those things that she kept kind of in her back pocket or that I did. Oh, God, my heart just do you, went Do you know what it's I mean? It's so beautiful. And you know what's really nice about that is it's like the safer – this is – this is I'm sort of making a general statement, but the safer a woman feels, the more she can let go. Yeah. It's like if a woman feels very safe, she can really sort of express herself. Well, at the beginning of a relationship, I mean, yes, we can say we feel safe – but that's probably because the person's still a stranger. Right. Um, it's like, so So what I'm saying is that's really lovely. And the fantasies become even more intense and more alive because you know that person. Yeah. And it's just like, it's really fucking hot, yeah. meaningful There sex. you go. You didn't want to say fucking again. I know. It's hilarious, <laughs> right? <laughs> Can I tell you something? It's I, words beginning with F, apparently. I know, right? Fear, fear, fucking, and, and fat. fat. You didn't yeah. like those, the three Fs. <laughs> um, I didn't get to like, I would say, 80% of the questions because I I really had such a, an amazing time. You know, you've been here for two hours. Oh, wow. Wow. But I've had such an amazing time talking to you. I, I'm i going to have to add, because I, I once again ignored a lot of phone calls too, um, I'm going to have to ask you to come back. And we'll, oh, and, and I we'll, would love to. We'll just, I would so love to. We'll just do phone calls oh, and just that. do questions. You can get some from your people. I'll get more yeah. from my people, and we'll just answer. Yeah, fantastic. I would love that. Do you want to plug anything? By the way, you like you are a... Uh, you are a... You're so... Sexy? Yeah. Thanks. But you're, it's just so um, easy to talk to. Oh, and, thank you. Um, I, I love speaking to people who love what they do. Um, it, it's in, inspirational to me. Like, and you never get... I can, You never get tired of talking about it. That's how much you love it. Yeah. And to know where it came from, from your pain, uh-huh. is even more beautiful. So oh, thank you very thank much. Thank you. Um, thank and you. Tell everybody what they can, where they can see you and find you. And- well, hopefully, cross your fingers, everyone. Let's let's wait and see whether this pilot gets picked up. We're going to find out very soon. Um, but until that happens, you can see me on HLN yeah. a lot of Fridays, which is headline news. It's part of the CNN network. Yeah. Um, on a show called The Daily Show. And uh, you can hear me every week on Kevin Klein Live. Uh, and Josh was just interviewed. Kevin by is him. great. He's, he's amazing. He's he's good, good fun. And yeah. that is uh, in San Francisco. Yeah. But of course, you can listen online. I'm a little segment. It's called Sex with Simone. And we just have fun and, and talk sexy stuff. And then I am actually getting my shit 
together. You can say shit. And oh my God. <laughs> I'm like, in it. <laughs> it's so, this, it, this is like my crazy mind. It's like totally, it's non-logical. I'm, I am the non-logical. Um, also, like, uh, tweet me and, and get in touch anytime at Simone Bien and then on Instagram as well. I'm you trying know, to get back into social media, but I'm... It's I'm, hard. I'm, it's yeah it takes and I want to give 100% and so if I feel I can't give 100% then I don't and at the moment it's not because it's because I want anyway I'm writing my book okay with the grey hair well you'll have to come back on and promote the book and I will tell you something a lot of the questions I got online were were saucier so I think oh yeah no let's do a saucy so, so we'll, we'll do a saucy yeah. episode the next time yeah. they come on and do but it's nice because when people can process all of this information they'll start to feel a lot more saucy because they'll be much more in touch with themselves they'll lose the guilt they'll feel fabulous they will know they're wonderful they'll connect with their heart and they will be fucking like rabbits I agree I also think that um, you made yourself by giving your backstory more human it's easier to talk to somebody who you understand has had life experience and and hasn't had a part it's not always been perfect and from pain comes growth comes good yeah nice right like it dancing with fear uh -huh. um i'm gonna be <laughs> at the fort lauderdale hard rock cafe it's an improv there at the hard rock um casino this weekend so if you're listening to this this week, what date is it right now? The 22nd? Uh, is it that far? It's 22nd, 23rd, 22nd, you're right. Wow, that's flown. So I think I'm going to be there 24th, 25th, 26th. When is are you in Thursday, LA? Friday, Saturday? Must be. Hold on. Yeah, 24th. 25, 6, and 7. I'll be there, and I'll be in LA all next week. I was, I, it was performed every day this week, or last week. Um, mm. But, um, and yeah. I've got to come and see you because... Um, Kevin's producer and his co-host, yeah. they came to see you and they were like, he's really funny. He's really funny. And they both said, it was like, and such a nice guy. And I was like, he's a supreme human being. Josh Wolf, the the the, the Josh Wolf, the Supreme Human Being <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, listen, uh, if I was going to change the name to anything... <laughs> <laughs> Seems like as good as any name. <laughs> yeah. The supreme human being. Uh, Aaron, let's think about we can make up some t-shirts. <laughs> um, guys, this has been a, a very enlightening... Um, this might have been the fastest two hours I think I've ever spent oh, in my life. Oh, Josh. So it was oh, fantastic. Um, and guys, thank you for tuning in. I will be doing yes. another solo podcast uh, from the Hard Rock in my hotel room at about 2 in the morning, probably on Friday night. So we'll see what happens there. We love you. Thanks for tuning in. Bye. Bye. Buddy, can you get a picture of us? Oh, my God. That was so oh much fun. Oh, my God.